there comes a time when you do have to give up what you consider your individual right of making your own decision for the greater good of society. Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Friday, March 25th, 2022, talking about COVID today. And of course, we have a lot more going on. Ben Swan going to be discussing live uh, the BioLab discussion he has exclusive on that topic at about 2 p.m. Central Time today. Usually starts a couple minutes after that. And I Shouldn't even say this right now because it probably won't happen, but I'm considering potentially doing another focus on Ukraine later today. I'm certainly motivated. There's a lot going on that I want to talk about, and it's important to discuss. With no preamble today, we're going to be talking about the pandemic of the injected and the continued discussion, the obvious, the continuity of this is undeniable. From Scotland before they censored censored themselves so we could stop, wouldn't be able to look at their information anymore under guys that we were missing, misinterpreting it, despite all of the experts out there, scientists, doctors that are pointing at the same information and saying, this is catastrophic. And on top of that, the UK data that we're going to go over today, which the point was the continuation of this, not just since we've been doing it, but as far back as you can look at this, you can see a clear continuation of this idea. The booster part of this is the interesting part about where this plays into it and the conversation we're, I'm going to touch on slightly again today in regard to the self-spreading vaccine, which they're again pushing around humans, and that that itself is ultimately a bioweapon. That's what that is, and that's what experts have called it, regardless of how you can use it. It's dual use is what they call it. It could be defense. It could be offense, and it's usually only about offense in the way they use these things from a military perspective. The point being is that the booster part of this kind of begins to look like that's what's happening, whether by accident or by choice. And the point is, we're seeing this situation, this continuation of problems with people that have gotten these injections and how almost as if they need to keep getting these so it doesn't get catastrophically worse. And that's not even talking about the blood clots and the myocarditis and the endless list of things that were fake news up until they said, yeah, they're sort of there, but they're super rare. And that's, by the way, not even true. But again, my sort of facetious joke is always how many super rare problems can you put in a pile before they're just not rare anymore? combined or otherwise. It's unbelievable. If you take the time to look at the list of things they've admitted, this can eventually happen or lead to or cause. Uh, Even if it's 1%, I don't know why anybody would be going near these things. But the point is the data has continued to show you that all of that stuff aside, this has destroyed their immune systems and has continued to show that 90% in almost every category are people that are injected. And that's not, and that's as the percentage is basically stalled at about 73% of the people that have gotten injected. And that's within the confusing and intentionally so concept of what now constitutes full or up to date or whatever they want it to mean. And that's going to shift again. Now they push into the fourth shot and they're going to start going, no, no, no. Only look at the fourth one compared with nobody. None of that makes sense. It's everybody that's gotten something compared to people that haven't. That's the obvious reality. And no, you shouldn't then assume that everything you see in that category can be connected to the, to the injection or not. That's called being objective and being honest. The point is that nobody cares to look at the overwhelming mountain of evidence that suggests that these people are having a severe problem. And I only say suggests because some of them might not be. 
Some of them, most of them, are very clearly and undeniably suffering from what's happening here, and they're running from this. Oh, look at over there at Ukraine. Now, I never want to imply that the Ukraine situation is entirely about distraction. The reason I'm so focused on this today, and this will be the last point before we jump into this, I don't want people thinking that I am losing focus on what's happening with COVID-19 because I continue to think this is one of the most important things happening right now. But I also think that what's happening in Ukraine is partly distraction, but it, but more than that, more than anything else, is absolutely tied in with what this is. And I can't stop seeing that, whether it's the larger agenda about how this is going to be blamed on people in regard to the domestic threat concept or white supremacy or how they've been building this narrative with the Azov Battalion and how that will ultimately tie back to the biolabs, the biological attack kind of concept. There's something about this that ties together for the larger agenda, excuse me, the Great Reset and how they're using this and how suddenly randomly Ukraine is the first country to initiate all of these things. The only the first country, even while they're in the middle of an invasion, that makes a lot of sense, right? Talking about their digital currencies, talking about their vaccine passports, talking about all of this stuff. I just saw BlackRock speak up saying, oh, well, this whole situation in Ukraine, that's certainly going to increase the speed by which we do in introduce these digital currencies. Oh, well, what do you know? What a, what a complete coincidence, right? But all of that aside, I want you guys to know that this stuff is very connected, in my opinion. And I think I'm proving that today, but don't think that I'm losing focus on these things. But you know what? Nonetheless, if you guys think that I'm somehow diving too deep over here and missing this over here and so on, please reach out to me. I can't promise it's going to change what I'm doing because as you know, I do what I think is the most important, but I listen to you guys. I hear what you're saying. So Let's get into this. Please reach out if you've got any thoughts on where we're going and all this, but I'm going to jump right in today with the idea because this is going to be, this will be a short show and I have to make it so because of what's going on later today. Scientists worry virus variant may push up COVID cases in the U.S. Of course, cases is where we are. Remember in the beginning when this conversation was being had where every, it was all focused on, and rightly so, the death, right? The actual consequences. Until they kind of foggily and undefinedly point out into the, oh, the, the long thing that may happen. We don't know. That's how they shifted. But the point is, it was about the, the, the consequence. Just having a case of something doesn't mean anything if there's not a consequence, right? But then all of a sudden, when those deaths weren't really kind of collecting the way that they thought, well, then it shifted back into cases. When it lulled, we all remember that. That's why the, the term case-demic became a topic, especially once the PCR test became completely blown apart the reality of what it really is. And just on a quick side note, recognize that despite all of this stuff, despite all of the evidence around the PCR test, around the lack of validity for why a lockdown has any positive effect in this concept, in this, in ever really, in my opinion, but specifically in this context, or any other part of this have been shown widely from different governments that were previously in, in on the same path to not actually be valid, to not actually be efficacious is a good word for it in regard to how it does not lead to less of what they're dealing with. We've seen this. In fact, and even if you want to argue that it decreases transmission, which you could argue if everybody everywhere just completely stood in the same place and didn't come across any other human being might actually have a positive effect. But then that's, of course, lack that's tyrannical, totalitarian. It's exactly what they want. The point is that it causes a waterfall of other problems, which I remember other people saying that when that first started. Didn't Iran speak up and say, these are archaic and that's not going to work, even though they later followed suit? It's, it's, they laughed. You guys are crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, clearly they did. Because at this point, we see that these things didn't work. My point is, watch as they all come back. How does that even make sense? 
I mean, there has been mainstream, like peer-reviewed studies and people on the same side of them going, these things hurt us. These things, I mean, even the WHO came out and said that these things should not be used as the primary means. Remember, remember this? I want to say it again. Uh, we in the World Health Organization do not advocate lockdowns as a primary means of control of this virus. The only time we believe a lockdown is justified is to buy you time to reorganize, regroup, rebalance your resources, protect your health workers who are exhausted. But by and large, we'd rather not do it. Just look at what's happened to the tourism industry, for example, in the Caribbean or in the Pacific, because people aren't taking their holidays. Look what's happened to smallholder farmers all over the world because their markets have got dented. Look what's happening to poverty levels. It seems that we may well have a doubling of world poverty by next year. We may well have at least a doubling of child malnutrition because children are not children getting are not meals getting at school meals and their parents and, their and parents poor families are not able to afford it. This is a terrible, ghastly global uh, catastrophe, actually. And so we really do appeal to all world leaders Stop using lockdown as your primary control method. Develop better systems for doing it. Work together and learn from each other. But remember, lockdowns just have one consequence that you must never, ever uh, belittle, and that is making poor people an awful lot poorer. Which is exactly what happened. Everything he said, exactly. And now he's talking about a catastrophe. Not COVID-19, and he would say the same. I've seen him speak in other contexts, but he's talking about the lockdowns. Now, that is the WHO. Remember the old the old uh, trope, I guess, or whatever you want to call it, this, this like history we're looking back on now, where they said, you don't challenge the WHO and their guidelines, I guess, right up until you don't like what they're saying anymore because you're disgusting hypocrites that follow the science, right? I mean, it's what a joke this all is. They are telling you these are dangerous and not working. And the bottom line is it's the, it should not be used as the primary means of, and what is right now happening? Literally, as we're talking about this, well, of course, Fauci coming out and saying, well, we might have to go back to lockdowns because cases are increasing. Then doesn't that directly challenge what the WHO has been saying and is still saying now? Yes, it does. Nobody cares about that, though. But I'm sure hell, the sure as hell censor people like us for pointing out factual things, peer-reviewed science, if it goes against what they're actually talking about. But here we are, cases. They could. This is what they're saying. Scientists worry that a variant they're telling you is less dangerous, by the way, may, may push up cases. So we're talking about they worry about something, which means they don't know. They're saying that worry may, so a hypothetical may, which means they don't even know if that hypothetical will then do what they're saying they think it might do, lead to cases, which mean what? A PCR test, which by the way, we're now telling you, and we'll get to this in a minute, that they're not even fall, they're not even translating two deaths right now. Okay, so a hypothetical they think may possibly do what they don't know. It's just ridiculous. This is the brainstream Western press, guys. That's what they're giving you. Worry, worry, worry about things we don't know because cases which aren't even dangerous may, what? Exist, I guess. Therefore, we need to control everything about your life, right? Scientists worry. Variants may. Same point. Experts are also keeping their eyes on another mutant, right? We've already heard about this, right? We've You've seen this on T-Lab going back as far as I believe in 2020, when these things were popping up, talking about these stealth ideas, or no, that would have been 2021. Anyway, in any case, stealth Omicron, right? Or Delta, or Delmacron, or Delta, or Omicron, whatever the different merging of the terms were. They're literally just floating these things, and these things aren't even confirmed. 
Experts are keeping their eyes on another mutant, a rare Delta-Omicron hybrid that they say doesn't pose much of a threat. Wait, what was that? Oh, so it doesn't pose a threat, but we're worried about it? Why is that? Shows how wily the coronavirus can be. Okay, wait a minute. I see Western press right now everywhere screaming about how this Delta-Omicron hybrid could be the biggest thing since, oh my God, but they're telling you, well, no, it's not even dangerous, but it could just simply, it simply highlights how this thing can be crazy. Oh, so we shouldn't worry about it, but maybe in the future it could lead to something more dangerous. Got it. But Fox and CNN sure as hell tell you something different, don't they? The U.S. will likely see an uptick in cases caused by the Omicron. Likely will see caused by something they're telling you isn't more dangerous. Starting in the next few weeks. Oh, so they're, they're psychic, apparently. They're told, well, it's going to happen. Well, I wonder why that would be the case, because they're going to start testing again. That's the point. The case-demic, the PCR test that we've already proven, as they've even admitted to, is basically meaningless in this context because it is a yes or no answer, which is the last thing we should be looking for. And even then, it has a dramatically high false positive rate, even they admit to in a small degree. As the Independent says, the UK is headed for a new Omicron wave, or is it? Well, that's meaning they're telling you, yes, they are. We're telling you it's going to happen. Off Guardian, rightly so, says that depends entirely on how many meaningless PCR tests they decide to initiate. Right, the Omicron wave will commence if and when they want it to. This is, a, and guys, that doesn't even mean that everybody doing that is aware they're part of that. People, just like the epidemic that wasn't that we've written about and talked about many times in 2007 from the New York Times. I'm not going to read into it today, but this is one that you might not even have it come up now. It is good. This was discussed back in 2007, where they and you can read this for yourself. This is on Web Archive because I don't think it's accessible right now. At least it wasn't for a while. Where they're telling you. Quick faith in a t- faith in quick tests leads to epidemic that wasn't. That test is the PCR test. That's the point. Right there. They get into this. And this test led to something that didn't happen. And you can read this. Please do read this for yourselves. Because the point is, they oh, the doctors on the record go, this isn't even new. This happens before. And it will happen again the more we use tests like this. It was a, an epidemic where they gave vaccines. They shut things down. They locked down. They forced people in the hospital. Turns out not a single case was actually there. Why? Their over-reliance on the PCR test. My point is they knew that, looking back. And I think they used that concept today. Regardless, they're telling you it's probably going to happen again. We shouldn't use this. And here we are. They know this, and people like Kerry Moles have told you this. It's inevitable we will see a wave here. Why? Because they're simply making this the reality. Guys, This they're telling you the future. Oh, Russia's going to commit chemical weapons, maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day, maybe next week, cyber attacks too, they're coming, just wait for it. How does that even make sense to anybody today? This is childishly ridiculous. All of it, the way that they're conducting themselves today is as if they're everybody is locked into some kind of socially engineered psychosis. And I believe that's what they're actually driving for. I mean, why are you just blindly walking into what they're telling you is going to happen, despite them being the very group that has lied to you about things we know as a matter of fact that any party can agree with? WMDs, lying about the fact that they're conducting geoengineering, lying about lithium in the water. All these things have been fake, 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 stupid conspiracy theory right up until they're proven. I don't know why we can't reprimand around that. Fauci assesses chances of more COVID lockdowns. Americans may be in for yet more lockdowns. That's the stark warning from Anthony Fauci. The lockdowns that hurt people, that destroyed our child's lives, that completely destroyed our economy. All of these things based on something that is wildly less dangerous than the flu, that has been shown to not be what they say it is. On top of that, the injections they're giving for it are hurting exponentially more people. All of that. But because Fauci says so, because cases may rise potentially with this new thing that's not more dangerous. Is this all making sense? 
This is the director of the NIA, which he made on Thursday, or he said on Thursday that this is going to be the case. The official cited a new COVID strain, which could potentially increase the number of cases. That's it. Could potentially maybe increase cases and not talking about anything else. In an interview with CNN, Fauci said that the highly contagious BA2 Omicron subvariant is also known as stealth Omicron, which, by the way, has been discussed for like six months now. But let's only now make it a thing that we're acting as more dangerous now. Oh, but wait, excuse me. It's not more dangerous, just more contagious. They think could soon lead possibly to a spike in the number of infections in America. But right now, here's what we're going to get into next. Guess who's dramatically leading the charge with all the cases? The fully injected. Dramatically. Dramatically. And I've shown you this many times before we get into this. Here is still, this is the newest report as of yesterday, the actual breakdown of the risk. Right? So if he's right now worried about people getting these infections, why isn't he suggest why isn't he making it clear that the dramatic, dramatic total? I mean, look at the breakdown. This is the per 100,000 risk. And this is not just, this isn't even, this isn't including one or two. This is just people with three doses versus people with none. Look at the breakdown, guys. 18 to 29, the risk for three doses is 2,542 per 100,000. The risk for none is 781 per 100,000. I mean, we're looking at four times the risk. Four times the risk. Look at 30 to 39. 3,489 cases per 100,000, not injected at all, 882 per 100,000. There's no misunderstanding this. Now, you can they could start to make the argument that they're more at risk for hospitalizations and deaths, and we'll get and that's what they sure as hell try to cite right here. We'll get into some some cap, some caveats with that as well. But we know that they are manipulating this information by comparing three doses to one to none. When right now most people have two, and on top of that, that is exponentially worse, which we've shown you from Scotland, which they've tried to hide from you now. The reality is, right now, people with two doses are in far, far bad, worse shape. They're higher. They have the they're they're higher risk to be hospitalized, higher risk to die, higher risk to get cases, all of it. And on top of that, they're exponentially or they're wrong word. They're the majority of every category. But all of that aside, even if you disagree with all of that, if you think I'm wrong, how can you not look at this right here and recognize this is a pandemic of the injected? You are looking at every single category except under 18, which I promise you is manipulated, and I'll prove that again today. And they have at least three times the risk of getting COVID-19, despite having three doses in their body. Three doses. And then, of course, you can look over here and realize that right now, at the very least, 18 to 39 after 60 days have the exact same risk of dying. Exact. Under except 0.3 to 0.4, this one's 0.6 to 0.7. So basically the same, 40 to 49, not statistically relevant. So why then would anybody between 18 and 49 go to get three doses if you have the same chance of dying from COVID-19? Anybody want to explain that to me? This is right there on their own data that we know is manipulated. We know is tweaked and altered and hiding things such as dumping the first 21 days of the first injection down into unvaccinated, which is verifiable today. They say it on every single list you look at. People that are full, the people that are counted as one dose are people that have gotten the injection and 21 days after that. So why would they do that? Well, it makes sense once you look at the Alberta data and everybody else that's shown you this that show that the I think it's 79% of all of the hospitalizations and deaths after that first shot happen within the first 21 day period. Think about that. Of course, when you dump that down into unvaccinated, well, that makes it look a lot different, except it still looks like this, even though they're doing that. Starting to make sense. Now we'll come back. 
Now, in an interview with CNN, Fauci said that the highly contagious BA2 Omicron subvariant, also known as Stealth Omicron, could lead to a spike in infections. Now, he ad- he advised U.S. citizens to be pre- prepared to pivot back, you know, circle back and forth. He said, he literally said, this is the craziest part to me. He didn't just suggest we should go back possibly because of this. He's openly saying that we should be prepared for the rest of our lives to pivot back and forth between normal life, which whatever that means today, and COVID restrictions varying in severity depending on how grave they say the situation is. That's where we are right now. Who Doesn't, doesn't that seem similarly doesn't seem like literally the exact same thing that all these so-called conspiracy theorists were telling you was going to be your future, whether or not people got all the shots. I mean, we're past 70%. Isn't that supposed to be her immunity? Oh, who cares about all the things we said before? We're just going to keep pushing this down the line, pivot back and forth forever. That's why even California now is saying we're going to have to live with COVID. Wait a minute. Didn't you guys scream absolutes this entire time about how we cannot just live, how we can't just allow people to die? And now the moment that it works for you, you just pretend you quietly did fade into the background like that meme of the Simpsons fading into the bushes. Like we're just going to quietly pull back and be like, nah, no, nah, we're just here forever. But that doesn't go, that doesn't mean we're good. We're going to keep pivoting back and forth between lockdowns and mandates and vaccine passports and QR codes. But yeah, that wasn't everything we were prompt telling you wasn't going to happen. I mean, this is just catastrophic. Guys, we are, uh, this has been exposed. Hands down. If you have not stood back by now and looked at how this started to where we are now, and at the very least recognize these people don't know what they're doing, which I don't actually think is what's happening, but if you're kind of on the surface of it all and you don't want to think about what we're pointing at, you there's that has to be at least the, the lowest level you're seeing here. Because if you think that they're, this all makes sense, then I don't know what you're looking at. Either they kept saying things and kept getting it wrong, or they are lying to you and driving in some sort of counter agenda by, by and claiming this is all in your best interest. And that's to one degree why I think Ukraine is in a small part being used as a distraction because people aren't paying attention to this right now. And, you know, the most important ones that aren't paying attention are the people that are lost in the I stand with Ukraine. They have the flag on their Twitter account. Those are the people that are locked in this, the psychosis level locked. And so those are the people we're trying to reach the most. And that's I think that that's their that's the ones they want to represent as the majority. Okay, let's get back into it as I'm realizing I'm taking too much time. So going forward pivot back and forth. He says, Fauci emphasized that Americans could not just say we're done. I was referencing this the other day. He literally said that. So he's telling you, you as an American, you don't have a right to just say you're done and go back and move on. Yeah. You know what, Fauci? We do. You need to just quiet your mouth for a while because you don't know what you're talking about. You don't get to step up and tell Americans what they get to do. You're not the person that tells people how to live their lives. This is so wildly authoritarian. They're jumping so far over the top of the Constitution, of any idea of personal rights. You don't just get to step in and say, because I say something's happening, we get to turn the switch off that are your rights. That's not how that works. What's happening is they're pretending they have that power, but what they're doing is breaking the law. They are violating your constitutional rights, which they don't have a right to do by saying that there's some kind of caveat or some kind of asterisk next to it that says, well, when we say there's a pandemic, we get to just step over those things. These are bad people doing bad things, whether or not they even they actually have deluded themselves into thinking they're trying to help you. You don't get to say we're done. Yeah, in fact, we do. That's called literal. That's called freedom. That's called being having the right to make your own personal health choices They're The way they've altered this is by pretending that your health choices somehow immediately in, in, in. have a have influence or have an effect on people around you. Now, it, as much as that is actually true to some degree, it does not change the fact that's the asterisk they, they're trying to force in that you have a right over your own body. 
I mean, it's just as it's the argument we've been making before, like them arguing about morality pills. It's the same thing. The moment that they just switch into saying, well, now we need to force the flu injection because isn't it the same logic? Because you're now potentially getting the flu and then hurting my baby. Isn't that the same point? Yeah, it is. But it's still just as wildly authoritarian and is and illegal, unjust, unconstitutional. I mean, think about that. If you agree with the idea that we should be forced to take COVID vaccines because my potential sickness is going to potentially hurt you, why doesn't that apply to literally everything they're talking about? Spoiler alert, it does. They just haven't told you that yet. That's the problem. So when he says you don't just get to say we're done, he's just simply laying the new groundwork for the future of your life. Then you need to stand up and scream, yes, I absolutely do, and we're done. You don't get to force me into anything, especially those that out there that stood their ground and have not been forced into this. Good for you. He says, quote, we need to be flexible because we're dealing with a dynamic situation, which means forever. On the move, and by the way, just like we had this very brief lull as we pretended to focus somewhere else, that's going to happen. They're going to add, and then those people that want to believe that they did the right thing are going to scream, see, I told you, now we're back to normal, just like they tried to do a moment ago. And it's not what's happening. On a more positive note, though, if the NIA chief is to be believed, the new strain is less fatal than regular. This is actually what they're telling you quietly behind it all. It's not even that dangerous. In fact, it's far less dangerous than even Omicron, which was dramatically less dangerous, as they all still kind of quibble about and literally waffle about, I mean, acting like, well, we don't know for sure. Yes, we do. The real world data and what even the person who discovered it said, this is dramatically less dangerous if that's even what we're looking at. I'm still concerned about the reality of what Omicron is and where it came from. If that is, in fact, even Gates seems to suggest that it's like a self-spreading vaccine. Isn't that alarming to anybody? With the overall morality now actually down, and I'll show you that next in the UK, it is down. It's dramatically down, despite the case that the, the, uh, the, the I shouldn't say the fact, that the, what their data shows, cases and hospitalizations are up. Doesn't make sense. Now it says he described the current situation as very interesting since the cases are going up, but it does not at this point in time appear that any degree of severity. So doesn't that mean that we shouldn't be concerned? I mean, if there was something circulating that didn't hurt anybody, but everybody got it, is that a concern? Like their only point is though, well, you don't know for sure, the long haul and whatever else they want to just kind of point at in some nebulous future that we can't define. And that's exactly what they want. That's where your choice comes in. You don't just get to argue that could be dangerous. Therefore, you have to do this. That's the problem today. And people are buying it to some degree. I don't think it's the majority. However, given the rate with which the new strain is spreading, he says, as well as the fact that America has begun to open up, <laughs> Fauci said that he, quote, would not be surprised in the next few weeks if the country saw an increase in cases and cue the PCR case-demic. What a, he's, he's prescient, right? He just sees it coming. Well, you could argue because he's a disease expert, which, by the way, the WHO and HHS all called out before, back with H1N1, how they used pandemics of fear to drive in their agenda. That's on the record. Weird how we forget these things. Since the start of March, there has been a rise in COVID infections in the UK, with some experts suspecting that stealth Omicron could be the driving force behind the uptick. Even RT is not pointing out that that's 90% of that is in the fully injected. Weird how that fact just gets missed. In mainland Europe, countries such as Germany, Austria, and the Netherlands have also seen a surge in COVID cases, though authorities have so far stopped short of reintroducing tough restrictions. Meanwhile, in China, the government on Tuesday introduced lockdowns in several cities, affecting a total population of over 50 million. So it's just a matter of time until they decide to jump into this as well. Why is it? Are we having? Is the stream suffering? Somebody's saying they know they know that we're live. I hope the stream is doing okay. I haven't seen any problems thus far, but 
we're at 1221. Okay, I'm going to try to go through this reasonably quick here, guys. Here is the recent breakdown. Now, as you know, we've been following this for a while, week after week after week. Now, by the way, it goes way, way further back than January 14th. Unfortunately, I just lost some of this and some of the change over between saving it. But, you know, we've been following this for months. Same with the Scotland data right up until they tried to, they are now hiding it from you. So coming all the way down to the current report that came out yesterday, this is 324.22, week 8 to week 11. Of course, this is the week 11 part of the report, right? As, as I explain every time, this is a month-long coverage of data, but they update the latest week. And this is and this has not stopped showing you the reality. Despite the risk, it's amazing how the risk per 1,000 was what they focused on right up until it started showing you they're the most at risk and they pretended like you don't understand anymore, <laughs> despite the fact that they were just pointing at it as proof of efficacy. It's so bizarre how these people just don't want to look at the obvious right in front of them. And that's why I continue to suggest the some level of psychosis or at the very least aggressive propaganda, social engineering, total cases, which was up quite dramatically. Just like they're discussing, at least what they're pointing at. Always know this is their data. So who knows? I mean, I'm surprised they don't just blatantly lie and just say, nope, zero, gone. <laughs> it's only in the injected or uninjected. Bottom line, though, it's gone up from 995,000 to 1,273,000. It's up 20% since last week. That's what they're showing you now. But here's what didn't change. The uninjected accounts for only 17% of all of that. Oh, excuse me. I said 90 a moment ago in regard to cases. I was thinking about hospitalizations and deaths specifically in two categories from before, but we'll come back to that. So correcting that right now, it is 78% of all of the cases, 78% are injected to one degree or another. 78% of all of them. So if 78% of all of the cases in this entire month period are in the injected, and you know that the risk of getting one of those infections is quadrupled if you have any injections in your body. Or at this, in this case, three. It's probably dramatically more with two. I mean, I shouldn't say probably. We've already proven that in past shows. But regardless, three doses. Quadruple the risk. It, it's three to four, in, in, depending on which category you're looking at. 78% of all the cases, three to four times the risk. What are we talking about? I don't even know how anybody can pretend this is not the most obvious reality. And of course, we're only talking about this month and only in the UK because that's the data we have in front of us because the CDC fails to give you everything you need and Scotland has now hidden it from you. Scotland and UK being the only two groups that I can see, maybe shave for a couple points of Iceland. And, you know, th these things are, the point is UK and Scotland being the only two locations we can see, of course, Scotland being within the UK, showing you the reality. Everyone else seems to be hiding this from you. And I don't mean that they're showing you data. They're just not giving you all the pieces like the CDC. They make sure you have, don't have all the pieces. They just give you statements and hope that you trust it like the White House does. 17% of all the cases are people that are uninjected. Now, here's what I keep pointing out. This does not make sense. And I'm convinced that we are being manipulated like every, I don't know why that's hard for people to wrap their mind around when we've proven the, the manipulations everywhere else. Right now, they're claiming that 141,961 cases are under 18. That amounts to 65, 67%, up from 65 from last week, of all the cases. 67%, or excuse me, of the unvax, I meant. Right? So you have 211,979 cases in the unvax. 67% of all of those, they're claiming are in under 18 the least at risk of catching, getting hospitalized, or dying? 
that's simply manipulation. I mean, there's no, it's, if you look at the difference, you jump just up to 18 to 29 and it goes down to 23,000. This is a dumping ground for something. And I don't, I don't know why that, if, at the very least, somebody who is an actual statistician would be like, there's, that's an anomaly. There's no reason that makes sense when we know by every single metric we have, that is the least at risk group across the board. Uh, then you compare it to hospitalizations and deaths. And what we know from a broader perspective, and that just does not add up. Like even the hospitalizations are the most confusing because right now they're try they're getting exposed for how 700 of them is the most they can point out. And even that is dramatically shown to be false because they're being PCR tested with a broken leg or whatever else, not having COVID, but being told they have COVID and leaving with broken leg being fixed. And they go, well, there's a COVID hospitalization. They've admitted to this. So my point is that is an obvious way that they're inflating the, the not vax side of this. And even still, it shows you what we're pointing at. So you could probably realize that that would be a hell of a lot higher than 78% in the vax if they weren't manipulating this. And this is my opinion. Boosted alone accounts for 64% of all the cases. That's up from 57% from just last week. So explain that to me, guys. When the boosted category is barely moving right now, and it goes up from 57% to 64% in one week, because they are the ones spreading this. They are the ones catching this. That's obvious. Over 80, which by the way, are the most at risk group. Over 80. Accounts for only 3% of all the cases. Yet within that category, 86% of them are injected. Now, the reason I said only 3%. Of, oh, you know what? I forgot to do that math on it. I was going to follow up and see what they were in regard to the other ones. But I'll, I'll try to just do it off the top of my head. My point in this showing you is that that doesn't make, if these people are the most at risk, you're, you're giving them something that's hurting them. I mean, there's no way around that. Yes, we know that these people are already, you know, with comorbidities and elderly. And that's probably why we should point out that their own data shows you that they don't have data to show that it's safe for people that are elderly with comorbidities. But I don't know why that makes sense to give it to them first. Of course, you know why it probably does. But the point, the reality is that if 86% of the people dying in that category are the ones that are injected, why aren't we stepping back and going, wait a minute, maybe we're hurting these people, just like we did in New York with the nursing homes and everything else. But no, who cares? Fake news, right? Total reported COVID hospitalizations. Next category. 8,990. That's up from 6,573 from last week. That's a 27% increase of just total hospitalizations. Now, that's really interesting when you realize that 79% of all those hospitalizations are people that are injected. It's quite a big jump, right? That means the majority of those jump from 8,990, or rather from 6,500 to 8,990 were people that are injected. Still doesn't make sense with what they're telling you. Only 21, both of them stayed the same, 21 and 79, 21% of the people in hospitalized that have been hospitalized are uninjected. 80%. Now, under 18 in the same point, guys. Look at the number difference. So you're telling me that the most at risk, least at risk of any category, and yet they represent, the this, this accounts for 42%, or 45, it's up from 42. 45% of all the uninjected hospitalizations are under 18. If they are the least at risk, according to Oxford Calculator and anybody else, how are they the most hospitalized? Because we are being lied to. Because this is an obvious manipulation. This is still my opinion, but I don't know. At the very least, why is nobody going, that doesn't make sense. Why don't we try to explain that? Here's why there's a cat. Here's why. Here's another reason. 
it's because they are testing these people for any other reason while they're in the hospital and they're being told they're sick or it's a dumping ground for something. Prove me wrong. I think it's quite obvious that it doesn't add up. Now we can go back and look at the full picture. Boosted. So people with three shots in this time frame accounted for 64% of all the hospitalizations. That's up from 63 from last week. 64% of all the hospitalizations in the UK in this time frame were people with three doses. Yeah, that sure sounds like something that's working, doesn't it? Now, as always, we've pointed this out every time. Yes, you should factor in the difference of actions between these people, factor in the, 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 that there's more people on this side of it. But of course, it hasn't changed. And it's been remaining the same. What we keep showing you is that the numbers keep increasing. All right? The people that are uninjected, the percentage keeps going down. And the people that are injected, it, the risk keeps going up. As That's why all the percentage of the total kind of stays stagnant for the most part over the last three weeks. Over 80, 87% of people in that category are hot, are injected. That's up from 85%. That keeps going up too. Now, knowing that they keep telling you that these are, this apparently this under 18 category is just rampant with cases and rampant with hospitalizations. And, and that, 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 so there's no way that you would argue that wouldn't in some way translate to death, right? If they have exponentially more hospitalizations, I mean, compared to the next category, 203, that's the next highest category in the not injected. That's four times the amount, guys. It's four times the hospitalizations of any other category. And yet, zero deaths. Zero. You're being lied to. If they have four times the amount of hospitalizations in the next highest category, there wouldn't, there's not a single death? It simply doesn't make sense. This is a manipulation. Now let's look at the data, and I'll show you myself. Oh, I wasn't showing these ones in general. This is that. Oh, I, I was. That's right. 27. So here's interesting. So up 27% in general. 20 up 20% 20 in cases, 27% hospitalizations. Deaths, however, to even to point to what they were sh point showing in that Fauci was pointing at in general, are down 7% to 2084. Now, this is what it looks like to not. I mean, if you start factoring in the deaths compared to what they're telling you are the cases, guys, this is dramatically less dangerous than anything we're looking at. They just want to pretend you we don't know long haul or on you know whatever else we're thinking it could lead myocarditis and you know it's like they're super worried about these undefined problems over here but we can point at verifiable data that shows the injections causing them ah it's not just safe and effective don't look at that such gross hypocrites and even it's obvious if you just look at the way they're dealing with situations on either side of this right under a twenty a twenty eight cycle threshold after the injection when you're doing a PCR test. We're going to use over 40, though, on this before you get the injection, right? What that means, if you don't understand the PCR conversation, is they're using a higher cycle threshold for the test before you get the injection, meaning they're going to find more, which it's been proven to show they're going to find a lot of false positives. And then they go under 28 cycle threshold after the vaccine, which means they're guaranteed to find less. That's, a, that's an action being taken to guarantee that will look different, even if you're still using it properly. Think about that. 10% down from 11 Right, So here we continue to see the uninjected category go down in risk. 10% of the total are uninjected, down from 11. 90% of all of the deaths within 28 days in this category are injected. 90%. That is up from 89%. Anybody want to explain that? Boosted alone accounts for 72% of all the deaths in this period. 
boosted alone in the United Kingdom account for 72% of all the deaths in this time frame within 28 days of a positive test. Yeah, but go out and get the booster, right? Go get the fourth one because it sure seems to be doing what? Under 18 is zero. Zero, despite having the highest, exponentially higher than any other category between cases and deaths or hospitalizations. How obvious is this? Over 80, the most at risk category that they're forcing this on as fast as possible, 93%. Oh, let me actually, I think I, let me see real quick. I could do that on the fly. I feel like I missed that one. Because they they seem to have gone down in every other category. So I think I might have missed that. Let me do it real quick. This would have been 158. Oh, you know what? Let's do this live real quick because I think I missed something on the other one too. It's going to be a higher percentage. So what you do really is you add these together. You add the bottom categories here of people that are, you know, these are people that have gotten injections at over 80. That comes to 1,277. You divide that by the total of people over 80, 1,383, and you get, oops, dang it. I forget what I said now. Hold on. (laughs) Plus 192. Plus 27, 1,277 divided by 1,383. So you get 92%. Was that what it said? Maybe I did do it. No, okay. So it looks like it went down. It's almost 93. It's like 0.1% less than rounding up, which is what I do, which you tend to do with percentages. So 92%. 92% of all the deaths in this category over 80 are injected. 92%. Let's go to the last one. This is 60 days. 5,097. 8%. 8% of all of the deaths within 60 days in this time frame are people that are uninjected. Same with this one, by the way. I just, I, it looks like, it, oh, it was, it is still one, one death out of all of that after 60 days, one death, which is something like 0.0001%. It's, it's ridiculous. But 92% of all the deaths within 60 days of a positive test in this time frame are people that are injected. 92%. That keeps staying the same or increasing every week. Boosted alone, boosted by itself, accounts for 71% of all the deaths in the UK in this time frame within 60 days of a positive test. That's up from 68%. It goes up 3% in just one week. And boost, I mean, guys, this is obvious what's happening. They are hurting people. Or there's some, there's some, you know, potential, there's something that we're not seeing. And I'm, I'm willing to always point that out. But you know what they're not doing? Even discussing it. 77% of, oh, that's right. I want to make sure I did. I think I missed that one. So let's do that again right here. 2,251 plus 349 plus 49 plus 1. 2,650 divided by, looks like this is going to be a lot, 2,859. Yep, 93%. 93%. It comes up to 92.6. Look at that, guys. Good Lord. So let's see. This was, so this is up from, I don't want to forget this, 77%. Now, that was a weird lull last week. I remember remember it was 95 and then went down to 70-something. And here we go, Set and jumps right back up to 93%. 93%. Guys, how can it possibly be 92% of all the people in that category dying, people dying in general, in that week period, that month period, are people injected? And we act like this is working. 
It's just disgusting. It's obscene. It's absolutely obscene. And there's a reason they're trying to hide this from you. Now, look, I'm always open to new information from anybody, including people that try to act like we're fake news. And you've seen me do it. On, I've, I've, I've gotten things from people that say we're lying. And it turns out there was a, you know, I've, I've, I'm objective about this as possible. And I've constantly corrected myself when I found things that we did wrong. I'm just an average person doing what I think is right. The bottom line is there's nobody out there trying to explain why this makes sense besides saying we're misunderstanding it. Okay, then explain how that's ca- – explain how we're misunderstanding this. How is it possible that 92% of all the deaths within 60 days of a positive test in this month were people injected and we're misunderstanding why that doesn't show you that they're in danger? Especially when you realize that their risk of catching it is four times the risk of anybody else. So they have a higher, dramatically higher risk of getting sick. The risk that the majority of people, 92% of people dying after that in this period are people that are injected. What are we missing here? Then, of course, you can go to the same point that made the beginning. Look at the categories from 18 to 49. A huge portion of these people, and they have the same, almost exactly the same risk of dying after 60 days. There's no misunderstanding this, guys. Now, to try to wrap this up, I want to go over a couple quick points that I think are really important. The Defender pointed out, well, we've already shown you. So please check out T-Lab and the previous work around these topics. Repeated COVID vaccines may impair immune systems' natural ability to fight disease. Now, th- this is very important because this gets into the VADES conversation, right? When we're just talking about autoimmune issues, right? To, to, when you try to associate it with HIV or AIDS, it becomes conspiracy theory, except when you just simply realize whether we're talking about HIV or COVID or anything else, we're talking about something that happens. Your immune system can have it be affected by things. And in this case, it's undeniable as Rob Verkirk, PhD, founder of Alliance for Natural Health International discusses links between SARS-CoV-2, COVID-19 vaccines, HIV, and immune deficiency. And that's exactly what we're seeing when you look at things like this. The people are, it's, it, it's growing. And by the way, exactly like I told you it would, except everyone's focusing somewhere else right now. We're missing the reality. You're going to see these, just like I told you you would as well, continue to go up, even as they're trying to hide it and lie and manipulate the data. It's still showing you this, and it's only going to get worse. And that's probably why they're going to eventually kick it over to four and stop showing you this connection, as two and one and three are way worse. Your immune system is being destroyed by these things. And this is simply, re- this is the reality by the data in front of you, unless you just want to take what they tell you things say, like as they point at something and tell you it's the opposite and just trust them, right? Now I'm going to go past this. Yeah, please read this article. It does, it's, it's, it, you, we've talked about every part of this, but I was going to read through these bullet points just so you guys can see it, but <clears throat> you can reference the shows we've done on VADES and HIV and everything. There's an obvious problem here. Here is what Pfizer wants you to think, as Wittgenstein points out. Charging a cell phone can be a metaphor for getting a booster shot. A booster is given to enhance and restore protection after they're basically making you look like a battery. All right, so get your, get your next shot and, and increase your battery store. Well, exactly, guys. That's not how that's supposed to work. You're not supposed to just have to go get an update or a, a, a charge. What that shows you is that this thing is now needed to maintain what your immune system should already be doing. You're now hooked in, guys. This is your plug-and-play platform that you're now stuck on. And guess what? They're pretending the blood clots and the myocarditis and, and the neurological disorders and everything else that we've proven are, and they've admitted to grudgingly are possible. Just increase with the time that you take these things and they're not, they're pretending like they're not even there. Here's another study. Sean points out from Stanford spike protein found in the blood. Well, you know this already. You know why? Because you've watched the show and we pointed this out a long time ago. Here's a new report, March 17th. 
immune imprinting, breadth of variant recognition. It goes on about a bunch of different stuff. The point is, one thing they include is that the Vax spike antigen and mRNA persist for weeks in lymph node CG, uh, GCs. Now, the point is, this is talking about a couple of different things. The reality being that this, first of all, challenges what they tell you is supposed to happen only in the muscle and it goes away right away. Nope. It's at the very least, according to the study, in your in your body for weeks, in your lymph nodes for weeks, and it's already been shown to be found in your reproductive organs, in your pancreas, in your liver. The bottom line, though, is this ends up in your plasma, in your blood, as we've talked about. And here's here's another person who's, in my opinion, done a great job. I mean, I don't agree with everything they find on this. I feel like in some ways, people like this are a little bit too tapped into trusting certain authority figures. Or, but I, I have to admit, I've, this channel, I've come more Doctor Bean has been really objective and continue to to been a. Uh, uh, open to new things that seem to challenge the standing realities that were, that were told. And here he is pointing this stuff out. Spike protein gets in the blood of vaccinated individuals. This is from that Stanford study. You watch it for yourself. Now, you, again, you know this because we've pointed this, this, things like this out from February, 2022. Now, by the way, actually, I take that back. This is not February. This is published on May. What is this? The, I'm so, I'm curious about what the date there is. Clinical infectious diseases. Maybe this is when it was peer reviewed. I, that doesn't make sense either because I'm pretty sure this peer review. Anyway, this is a peer reviewed study that's been out. We pointed at since May of 2021. As it very clearly says, yet again, I've shown this a million times. 11 of 13 participants show detectable levels of SARS-CoV-2 protein, spike protein, as early as one day after the vaccine injection. I mean, this was in, this is back when they were still, they were censoring you for telling you that this would end up in your blood, even though the studies were finding that. And they even tried to walk this back. And the person who wrote it was forced on news. Like, no, no, you're misunderstanding. Nope, sorry, we're not. And neither was your study. But even though you were politically forced to try to walk it back a little bit, it doesn't matter whether you claim it's not enough to do this or it's too fast to do that. More studies have come out and continue to show you that it's not just a brief moment, that after as early as one day and weeks later and continuing forward, it continues to produce spike protein and it continues to stay in your blood and it's dangerous. And that's why they're causing spike pro or blood clots and heart attacks and everything else they're trying to run from. But these are the kind of things that we see. Don't forget these kind of terribly aged fact checks. They're opinion checks. June 15th, 2021. Fact check. No evidence, they say. And there was evidence then, just like there is now. Spike proteins are toxic. <laughs> yeah, that one aged terribly, didn't it? As even they now admit that that's very dangerous and they're cytotoxic. I don't need to go through it. It's a joke. These are jokes. These fact checks are absurd. Because here... Back in April 2021, as we also pointed out, a very respectable outlet, the Salk Institute, tells you that the novel spike protein does play additional role. And in fact, specifically, that they proved that the spike protein by itself, meaning it is dangerous by itself, was enough to cause disease. That's a huge finding. There was a lot of other peer-reviewed studies that came to the same conclusion. The bottom line in this one is that they're telling you not only can it cause problems, inflammation in the endothelial cells and the pulmonary artery wall. The bottom line is this can not only cause these things, it can lead to disease itself, which means you can then spread that disease. Think about that. So if the spike protein can cause the problem by itself, so you don't even need to get COVID-19, you get the injection, which produces spike proteins, which flow through your body. And we've already proven that Dr. Warren, the discoverer of mRNA, very clearly said, yes, it can shed through your body. One of the studies finding it through your sweat glands and of course, their argument back then was, no, it doesn't even go in the blood, you liars. Yes, it does. And they're now admitting that. The point is, if it can shed, as they've shown you that it can, and it can cause disease, that becomes its own thing. Is that not the very self-spreading vaccine we're talking about that maybe went awry? I mean, these are alarming possibilities, guys.
But the bottom line is they're, oh, fact check, fake news. Yep, it's real and it is dangerous. And they're now coming around to even more tell you that, yes, it's currently in your blood. Even though we know it's cytotoxic. That's incredible that we're kind of skipping past these things. Now, even with this information, Moderna is now discussing their robust immune response in children six months to five years. Six months. It just makes me sick. And of course, also realize they're seeking what? Emergency authorization. Since May 2020, the UK has said it was no longer a disease of high consequence. It's on their own website. And here we're pointing at Ukraine, we're acting like we're telling you, literally telling you the new variants aren't even more dangerous. They may be spread fast, but they're not more dangerous, yet we're still discussing things in emergency authorization. Yeah, because that was always the point, guys. We're, we're going to be forever in an emergency, so they don't have to prove anything. And that's just one part of the real discussion. Six months. This should make you sick. And as RFK points out, Moderna announced it will request emergency or request the EMA for its pediatric COVID vaccine. And that is, excuse me, that is correct. Emergency authorization. It said majority of COVID cases observed. This is what they said. The majority of the cases they observed during its pediatric clinical trial were mild. Right. Making it impossible to detect the vaccine's protective effect against worst outcomes. Right. And that's, of course, of course the reason why they then kick out the people that have severe outcomes because they claim well, it was from before, which is what they've done in every single one of these. But that first 21-day period, which is where the majority of the problems begin, they kick the people out of the trial because they say, oh, it must have been from something else. Proven already. So they, right out of the gate, they hide the problem. Then anything else that happens, they just kind of, they, they, there's a lot of other ways they manipulate this, but their point is they're pointing at this right now and telling you that they weren't even able to find out whether it has any effect. So we know this thing's not even dangerous. They only had mild cases. We know that these injections have provably caused myocarditis more, aggressively more in children. And yet here we are allowing this to happen. And they're literally asking for an emergency authorization. This is alarming. Now, here's Clinton coming out saying, yeah, I test positive for COVID. And she literally says, more grateful than ever for the vaccine. If you, ha- if you are not able to see the agenda, just look at this. Ask yourself why anybody f- would ever say that. So you got sick. You tested positive for the super dangerous thing they tell us is super dangerous, even though you've gotten three injections. And you just go, I'm more grateful than ever. That's just doubling down on your on your agenda. Nobody would actually say that. I mean, it just seems ridiculous unless you're blindly following propaganda. Now, of course, this is what you should be asking. Is this person said this meme, obviously. All I'm saying is that if my dog got three rabies vaccines in a year and still got rabies, I'd start asking some questions. <laughs> yeah, because you're an intelligent person probably thinking outside the box, but that's not where we are, right? Here's a, another joke to wrap up before we get to the cell spreading. The perfect product for you when you're totally into this month's PSYOP, but just can't shake last month's PSYOP. Which, for those in the podcast, it's a mask with Ukraine colors. It's just, yeah, that's, of course, it makes perfect sense to me. But also to point out a great interview with Brooke Jackson that I just saw. It's real short. I recommend you check it out. And, uh, and as well as T-Lab's previous interviews with her, because there's a lot of important information and source material that we've linked to that, that's not discussed in that short one that, that you need to see. Her insight should have ended all of this, guys. The reality that they lied, hid things up, covered up their their trials that were the, supposed to be the, the very foundation for why this thing is safe and effective and how they got caught lying and hiding problems in those things. But instead, the very entities charged with our protection simply covered it up. Now, both those are there for you to check out. Here's the first one. 
Brooke Jackson interview, Pfizer reveals concerns with that integrity, vindicating previous claims. And they attacked her everywhere. Takes a lot of courage to do that. I recommend you support her. Now, finally, last quick point, self-spreading vax underway. We just talked about this, right? Now, this is underway. Like it's, it's been discussed by Johns Hopkins, for instance, since 2018 in the exact context of human-to-human vaccines like this. Not just the zoonotic discussion that they're trying to always couch this in, but openly saying human-to-human self-spreading vaccines are the future. This still gets dismissed as fake news by anybody unwilling to just look at the link of Johns Hopkins saying that, oh, fake news. Oh, you know, Ryan's a fake newser. Right, of course. Well, here's one more example for you to dismiss. Mashable, Clown World Today points out, scientists are now working to develop contagious vaccines. Yeah, they, it, they just keep floating this out. Now, even in this one, they kind of go, well, maybe animal to animal, but they very clearly discuss human to human. Thanks to a heightened sense of urgency, scientists around the world are now working towards reaching the next step in the vaccine development, the creation of contagious vaccines. Just like what its name suggests, the whole idea behind the effort is to develop new vaccine types that, once administered to a patient or subject, can continue spreading through contact with others or through reproduction. Great. And end up providing communities with herd immunity much quicker than a disease can spread. Now, explain for me how this would talk. Well, the, the, the reproductive part of it is alarming to me. Now, yes, our, the argument of an antibodies being passed or something that's not always even discuss, very clearly defined in vaccine. Normal discussions for vaccines. It just seems interesting that that's how they frame this. Now, recognize, guys, this is exactly what a bioweapon is. This is the definition of it. But this is why they discuss the dual use concept, right? This is one they would argue this is if that's actually what it's being done for, it'd be a use for defense and for safety, right? Sort of how the insect allies conversation, they came out and said, no, no, we're just making insects to protect crops. And then the scientists around the world came out and said, no, you guys are lying. This is a war. This is a bioweapons program. We've talked about this in the past. Doctor, scientists came out across the, across the board and said this. Now, I don't need to look it up. I'm sure the person out there saying fake news is never going to look at the links anyway. So the point is, this is a, re- a very real example of how this goes both ways. Or can, at the very least, or at least how they frame it like that. But that's what this is. Then we need to ask if that's not what's already happening. Just like what its name suggests. The whole idea is behind an effort to develop new vaccines that once administered to a patient or subject can continue spreading through contact with others. Now, it says, or reproduction, and end up providing communities with herd immunity much quicker than a disease can spread. In the past, we've already seen how vaccines containing weakened versions of a virus can, prove, can uh, have proved to be slightly contagious, such as the oral polio vaccine, which is something they dismiss when you talk about on Twitter or anywhere else. Oh, that's a fake news story. No, they helped everybody. No, they very clearly used a polio oral vaccine that went rampant to the population. That was one of the things Bill Gates was involved in, and it hurt a lot of people. For instance, which works by having a weakened polio virus replicate itself inside the intestines of a child before transmitting to other children when it's close in close contact. Why was that not something that we're allowed to talk about? What about when that happened? Shouldn't we have stood up and screamed? Why are you introducing a self-spreading vaccine without talking to people that voting on this? Why are they a test subject? Nah, none of that stuff. It's all fake news if you talk about it in the wrong circles. Except here's why they try to argue why this could be used in the future while using the same point. Some other scientists have also said that contagious vaccines could be instead used within the animal kingdom. And here's why they try to pretend like, no, it's only about zoonotic transfer, which, by the way, plenty of experts say is not even really how this works. But who cares? I don't believe for a second this is what they're trying to do. My opinion. 
And it says, of course, many experts have also cautioned against the pitfalls of using such transmissible vaccines, whether it be in the animal kingdom or amongst humans. The first concern deals with vaccine immunity, a scenario in which the vaccine actually evolves as it gets passed around from one organism organism to another. As the vaccine continues to evolve, it eventually becomes more dissimilar to the virus or pathogen it was designed to fight against, eventually losing its efficacy. Well, that's one way to put it. Or you could also say eventually be turning itself into a very severely dangerous bioweapon that then spreads rampantly to the population with no protection against it. Yeah, but we'll, we'll just go losing the efficacy because that's all we care about, right? The problem could theoretically be solved by simply giving more injections, right? Oh, and what do they say? More vaccines to kickstart the process. What does that sound like? Well, guys, that sounds exactly like what they're trying to tell you is the future of these injections. Where was that again? Right there, right? Just go get it kickstarted. That's all you need. How do we miss that? How do you miss, how do people miss the overlap? Isn't that what's happening already? The second concern deals with the problem of the transmissible vaccines eventually becoming dangerous to humans rather than protecting them. And guys, there's been experts from the beginning of this conversation, decade ago, saying that's what's going to happen. This will lead to exactly what happens everywhere else. Why don't they think about, well, because their point is going to be, don't worry, we'll just keep giving you injections and it'll be okay. Because that's always the point. Quote, use in humans may be warranted for populations that are hard to reach or for epidemics that are uncontrollable by direct vaccination, which is what they're trying to create now. See, we tried. It didn't work. So here's why we need to justify our self-spreading vaccines, which, oh, by the way, we already did. Now, now you're safe. Quote, however, using transmissible vaccines could be dangerous mainly because vaccines with the potential to spread through a host population have also the potential to revert back to the disease. <laughs> yeah. So, and there's no conversation about why they think that won't happen. They'll just keep giving you injections. Curiously enough, something like this has already happened before with the oral polio vaccine. Again, they say that. Regarding this example, the WHO themselves said that in rare instances within severely under-immunized populations, any excreted vaccine virus can continue to go around for lengthy periods. And without a, anything to keep it in check, these vaccine viruses can genetically evolve. So their point is more vaccines, which is always the way they frame this. In the case of the oral poll, okay, also, but don't forget that the only reason it's happening is because of vaccine. So they create a problem with a vaccine. They go, more vaccines will solve it. How about you just don't start the problem? <laughs> Seems simple enough. Nah. In the case of the oral, or, oral polio vaccine, it managed to evolve so much within one community that it developed the ability to cause paralysis and became known as a circulating virus-derived polio virus, or excuse me, vaccine-derived. You don't hear about that in the Western population, do you? This problem, however, can supposedly be avoided by simply ensuring better coverage by giving more injections. That's all it is. The problem is not with the vaccine itself, but low vaccination coverage. Of course, the WHO would say that. That's exactly what they're claiming now. No, no, no. It's not all the problems that this is causing. It's that not enough people have it. So we go 90%, 95%, 107%. Who cares? Just keep getting more. That's all we need. If a population is fully immunized, they will be protected against both vaccine-derived and wild polio viruses. So they assume, right? The target is zoonotic pathogens for now. Should the technique be successful... The point is this work, right? It's the way they frame this. They, the model developed from this, basically we saw it could, it could show a whopping 95% reduced issue. Should the technique be successful? <laughs> yeah, right. Should this work at all? 
we're already giving you a percentage, right? So how do you know its percentage is going to work if it hasn't even been successful? Because we're just going to, we're 100%. It's going to work for us, for sure. Currently, aside from the loss of virus, other teams around the world are also working on other transmissible vaccines for zoonotic diseases, including Ebola, bovine, bovine tuberculosis. Guys, there are people everywhere that have argued this could already transmit from animal issues to people, that it could happen from these self-spreading ones. They're already testing in the lab in, in open populations. They've already talked about 147 wild rabbits they've given this to. And yet there are experts screaming right now that it could tra- that this could create a situation where it goes. You, you literally create the zoonotic transfer that's not happening. They create the problem because of the way the vaccine works to have this transmit to humans. And then it becomes a real problem. And it wildly grows throughout the population. And this is a bioweapon. That's what they're already saying. Now, one of the things that they just so happen to glaringly omit from this article. Oh, that's right. That there's no consent. There's no informed consent once this happens, but now nah, we'll just continue to forget about that since we're in the context of March 2025, 2022, you know, COVID-19 land. There's your future, guys. They keep telling you if you just pay attention. Oh, and by the way, let's not forget the $2 billion in coronavirus stimulus-related fraud that they're now quietly admitting to, even though we told you that would happen. They said, no, we're not going to allow that to happen. And then the second time they go, no, now we know it happens. We won't let it happen again. <laughs> Here we are. Yep, $2 billion. What you're staring at here, guys, is the illusion of stimulus fraud. In my opinion, this is how they pay people off to undermine their own business model. Just my thoughts. Believe it there. But as a short show today, guys, I need to jump over and start prepping for my interview with Ben Swan. Please, please tune in today because it's going to be a really important conversation about the biolabs and Ben Swan's exclusive, which, by the way, all the ridiculous opinion checkers out there have apparently just, there's like eight different articles coming out about how Ben Swan's misinforming you because they don't address the facts, right? Here's how we debunk something that he's not even talking about. His information is not even included in these supposed fact checks. It's embarrassing but we'll talk about it today. So thank you for being here today. And thank you for continuing to spread the information. And I'm going to be talking about some important stuff around, around Ukraine, possibly today, possibly tomorrow, but it's all coming out right now, guys, how they're really trying to drive this in more information around the January 6th information, how people are tied directly to this illusion who are supposedly on, who are on the committee. But I mean, it's, it's, really obvious that this is all connected. That I believe what happened on January 6th was obviously some kind of an effort to create this narrative. I mean, it's just never been more clear. But you don't need to listen to me. Do your own due diligence. Show discernment and actually dig into the information. And you'll walk away realizing there's nothing but lies around this. Thank you for being here. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.